not just myself who preaches from here in this church is that it be a rhema word, a word, a word for today uh, really for today and in particular it be a word for ears which aren't listening you know what I mean um, you, there was an old farmer on the radio during the week evidently he's farmed without a day off or something for the last 50 years, literally no holidays, 50 years and he just said, said you, you get out of it what you put into it and uh, I would just encourage you always uh, to come with that attitude to come with an attitude, gratitude, to come with an attitude of listening, to come with an attitude of fear and trembling. You know, fear and trembling because when you're in this place and you listen to things, you're going to be more responsible, like it or not. <laughs> Hello, um, afterwards, on, on the day of judgment. It is good to get up every day and think, this is another day where I'm getting myself prepared for my judgment day. As evangelicals, we can very often uh, emphasize or overemphasize the fact that we're not judged. We're saved. Hallelujah! We're saved. But we are going to be judged. We are going to be judged for what we've known, what we've heard. You know, and actually, in some ways, in some ways, and I hadn't thought about this before, that um, judgment will be more terrifying. Because you see, those who are dead and asleep, they'll wake up and then they'll be dead again. But if you say you're awake and you're sleeping, and when I say this is a lead-in, because I want to share a scripture which I didn't even know I was going to share until about five minutes before the, the meeting ended. So talk about fresh bread, this really is fresh. <laughs> but let's, let's go for it, no? Let's go for what God would have, you know, not just a sermon. There's not much fear of that with, when I'm up here, you know. But uh, something of life, something that will challenge us. Something, and the scripture is, and I said, I only got it literally minutes before. So, Lord help us, I don't know where it will lead us exactly. And this is the scripture. You just turn to it. It wasn't on my heart, wasn't in my mind, and just came to me in that little room. And it's in 1 Corinthians 8.1. And it will even lead into the title of what I'm going to share. 1 Corinthians, so look if I can find it myself. 1 Corinthians 8.1 tells us, now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The man or the woman who thinks he or she knows as he ought to uh, knows something but, do, but sorry the man who thinks he knows something does yet not know as he ought to know but the man who loves God is known by God so what I'm going to share this morning is is titled God God is all you need Think about it. God is all you need. I was doing some practical work during the week with a, a group of people, many from very different backgrounds, from which it's Christian backgrounds, uh, brethren largely. And at one of them, Baptist brethren, Presbyterian, very unPentecostal. But one of them was telling me about a story about a brethren. I can share it because I have no idea who he was or where he was. But he, he shared it. This was a man from a particular background. And he said that this, this brother, this brother uh, was a lorry. I don't think it was just a lorry driver. I think it was his lorry. He had a lorry business. And when he would come to lunchtime, it was sandwiches. He used to make the man who was his aide, you know, his 
in the lorry he used to make him get out of the lorry because he wouldn't eat with an unbeliever and you go oh someone and this is a true story and then someone said well at least he should have got out of the lorry and left the other guy in there but you know it, it's, you know, it does tell us that in the word if you take the, uh, the word in a strict legal sense without mixing it with love and wisdom you can go really off can't you I'm not criticizing that brother, I don't know him. Maybe a far better Christian than me. But it's just a story. Can use it because we don't know him. And if you ever meet him, you won't know who's the one I talked about, right? But it's a true story, evidently. So anyway, what I want to share this morning is called God is all you need. In in brackets. Now I hope we don't offend anyone with that because this just came to me as well. With subtitled cutting through the crap cutting through the crap because I believe the greatest tragedy for you and me and Bobby McGee if he was here I don't know is if you as an evangelical born again believing Christian with the right doctrine stand before God and you find out it wasn't God you were serving you were serving something else now you might be saved by fire hallelujah because you put your trust in Jesus but the job of the church the local church I believe is to get a true picture of God now that takes time and that, that's, that, that's painful actually because you don't get it from sermons you don't even get it from reading the Bible only Tell the lorry driver that. Do you understand? He had the Bible. But you get it. I was just thinking, uh, this is beside the point. Uh, well, obviously it's not beside the point. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? We knew that as kids, didn't you? You're, yeah. And what's the second shortest verse? There might be, might be others, but it's only got one, one word longer. God is love. God is love. Jesus wept, Jesus and God is love. And I was just thinking about this word of pain. Are they connected? True love and pain. And before we go any further about this, what I've got on my notes at the beginning, because what I'm doing this morning, I want to emphasize, underline what was shared last week. When you share occasionally, like some of us in this church, you have a freedom which the one who has to serve up the daily bread doesn't have because I've done it and I would just like to take a minute I don't know if I've ever done this before we've often praised the praise team huh? we don't worship them, we praise them <laughs> I would just like to stand up just because last week's sermon I think was one of the best I've ever heard this man preach right? and it is good I really mean that because see flattery doesn't do anything well you exaggerate your weekend so that's from my heart and I would and you know I try to encourage you when I can do you and all of us you know it's easy peasy to a certain extent I get up here and I tell things from the past and this and that the other because I don't do it every week you can't do it when you're doing it every week so I would just like why don't we just take a minute to show your appreciation to the man in the middle it's only a man, not a brother, but a brother in the middle. Alright? Round of applause. Huh? Thank With that in mind, I'd like to, I have the notes from last week, they're very good. Please keep them as you said and go through them. But right in the middle, right in the middle of it was about love, by the, you know, I realize some people weren't here. It's, uh, uh, today I want to look at something we can't function without love. And, but right in the middle of the page, interestingly, is Matthew 22:37-38, which I'd like, to, like for us to read. Because apart from the knowledge thing, and that, it is actually what I had prepared as the kind of scripture for, for the talk for the sermon for the whatever you like to call it Matthew 22 34 
tells us Matthew 22:34. Hearing that, Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. An expert in the law, he knew his Bible. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Probably waiting for a long rigmarole, theological exposition, etc., etc. Don't share your meals with, uh, get out the lorry, etc. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. May the Lord give us light and wisdom and let us, through love, worship the one true God. Amen? Amen. Now, as I said, what I'd like to do is, you know, I remember years ago, actually in Spain, when I was pastoring, I shared something, I, it came to me, and it, and it was, love, love, is the only doctrine which you can't overemphasize. Let me explain why I said that. You take a doctrine, the many doctrines, salvation, uh, doctrine, take, take any doctrine, baptisms, uh, Holy Spirit, etc. And if you, even though they're truths, because doctrine, I believe, is what we understand to be the truth about the truth about the truth, you know? In other words, teaching, right? And um, so, but if you take any one doctrine or set of doctrines and you overemphasize them, you can go off into error because you know I, I've used this illustration many times I didn't read it but I like it a steering wheel of a car can only go two directions think about it it only goes left or right it doesn't go forward or back the steering wheel it goes left or right but the actual purpose is for the car to go forward or to go back and that's a bit like doctrine but if you get a pet doctrine or something you like, and you just keep on pounding it. Or someone said once, you know, when you underline your Bible, you know, and which is good, and it makes it personal, but actually when you come to read it again, you need to read the scriptures you haven't uh, underlined. Because your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, you can fool yourself, right? But, so, read the things, right? So, but with love, when it comes to love, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. When it comes to love, uh, you know, actually, you don't go to the left or the right, you go right to the center. You go right into the center. And love is not intellectual, it's not knowledge. We read puffs up, and I believe Trevor has asked us to do a, a, an exercise, the vision, to write down a vision uh, in the leadership group of the River of Life. And what what better vision, when you think about it, than having a loving community, a truly loving community? We talk about evangelism. We talk about our flow and the villages around the vision of the church, which is good. You should know it, you should contribute towards it, but how is it to be fulfilled? Because actually, if there's a love revolution here this morning, if there's real love flowing, people will come. They'll come to look, because it's a love-hungry world. Have you ever met someone who says, Actually, I'm fed up of love. You know, yeah, yeah I, I just, just had too much of it. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I was looking for love and now I've got, got enough. You never hear it, do you? You know, and um, it's funny, people fall in and fall out of love every day, you know. But I've never actually met someone who says, I'm fed up to here with love, right? Okay, with being in love and the pain of being out of love, etc. But so anyway, love is the only doctrine, it's the centrality. And it tells us God is love. But in church, in family, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I mentioned it again because it came to me preparing. It's the strangest things which, which, which attract you. And I just remember one day, by the door, it was years ago now, so I didn't know him as well as I know him now. Tony was sharing, and he said something. I, my ears, I, was just, I wasn't even in the thing, it caught my ear. 
And he said, he was up here, he said, I don't know if what I'm going to share is heresy or not, but I'm going to share it anyway. And I went, Whoa. And then I thought, wow. I thought, and the thought that came to me very quickly, you can trust a man who says that. Hello? Yeah, you can trust them because you see, if you were trying to misguide people, if you were trying to deceive, you wouldn't tell them. <laughs> you know, you'd just do it and hope they didn't catch you out. So, um, I'm going to say something now, which may be heretical. <laughs> and I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> And what it is, I have actually read from the Bible, we all believe the Bible, Word of God. God is love. And what I'm going to say is, is God love? Now, yeah. yeah. I read this once. This is not original, so I can cite someone else. You can blame him for being the heretic was a Christian. He said, God isn't love. It's just that love is the greatest thing that we have in order, because remember these are words, there's English words here, there's French words over there, there's a, these are syllables and whatever that are put together to give you a picture to introduce you to a reality. And this guy said, God is in love. It's just that love is the greatest thing that we have in order to, to express God. And a, a point about this, just in, thinking, in case I'm going off my rocker. There was a mission, this is a true story, a missionary went to an island once. And he got to a people who didn't have a word for love. Think about it. It's good. They, they, so he couldn't, tell, he couldn't say to them, God is love. Because they'd go, what? Who? Okay. Next. <laughs> no, so he chose the best thing they had. And he translated the Bible into their language. And you know what he said? And talk about Tony saying heresy and me taking heresy. He said, God is fresh coconut milk. <laughs> that is a true story of Bible translation because it was the best thing they had. Now, that might have progressed onto God is love and whatever. But what I want to say this morning is, don't worship love. Don't worship love and your idea of love. Worship God. Worship God. And you and the best we have is, yes, that's the best. And we love him because he first loved us. We respond. But God is God. And it took me last week, because I, I, I believe there's a lot of wisdom. That scripture has always spoke to me that the children of this world are wiser uh, or clever than the children of, of, of light. Why should that be? I don't know. Maybe we should try to do something about it. But the Beatles, when they said, all you need is love, was expressing, you know, like, on the island it would have been, all you need is coconut milk, you know what I mean? Or the best they could offer. But, and it was a true sentiment, a good sentiment, but they got the source wrong. Right? They got their souls wrong. So, what I'm saying this morning is to us, God is all you need. God Himself. And He said, I believe as well when we see Him, we won't go, Oh, love! We'll go, God! You know what I mean? So, this is what I'm trying to do. Let's, 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 let's go for God. Let's go for broke. Let's go for the real thing here. Let's get real. Let's cut through the crap, right? Because the gospel, the good news, is, oh, is, is really good. And I'm, I'm ashamed, uh, sorry Brenda left there with, with this, this intrusion into normality called sickness. I believe... And I will be tested maybe myself for these words very soon because very, I, my, my pastor in Spain used to say, I hate preaching messages like this because I know I'm going to be tested on them the next week like Trevor mentioned today about the word speaking to you. It's a responsibility. But I believe with all my heart that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for the hospital, is for the prison, and is for the cemetery. It's, it's for here as well, hopefully. <laughs> Hello, Gloria. A su nombre? A su nombre? A su nombre? Gloria. And now she's awake. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah, I can say that because we're in the same house group, so we have that. 
we have that uh, <laughs> and uh, to, you know looking back so another thing one day I had this great revelation in Spain once and they used to pull my leg about it because it hit me so much is that the Apostle John at the end of his life Imagine this, not, not a Christian author, not C.S. Lewis now, or not even John Wesley, the Apostle John. When he was an old man, he used to come into the pulpit. This is, and I've heard this in one or two sources. And all he would say was, love one another. Love that's what he was saying. I, I shared this with like a revelation. My they love one another, John. They used to pull my leg because you know it was such an impact. You know, if you share something which impacts you, they um, they pull your leg over it. But let's love one another. All right. Um, now, brother, um, there are as you all know, there are four words in the Greek for love. Now you all know those four words, don't you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> oh yes. Now, storge, phileo, phileo, eros, and agape. But what I want to say this morning is an old story from mine as well. And it's funny, isn't it? I don't think it's just getting older. I think it's looking back. I think it's a bit of everything. Hopefully, it's the maturity, uh, whatever. You know, the old thing when you're a young Christian affects you. That's why it's so important is when you get a young Christian so into his life, so into her life, spend time, you know, and and give truths and experiences and all that. And uh, uh, Juan Carlos Ortiz, the famous Argentinian pastor, he he, he, he said something once. He said, um, uh, imagine preparing a sermon on joy. You know, uh, so you have all the Greek meaning of the word joy, and you have this and that, and the people hear it and they go, they're not their heads. Mm-hmm. That's joy, yeah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? And they, oh, th- thank you, Pastor. And they walk out as as depressed as when they came in. You know what I mean? You can have it. So this morning, it, 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 you know, if we talk about phileos, eros, and agape, hallelujah, agape, love. You know, there's one word. In, in English let's go with that love this morning one word with love and let's hopefully by the end of this hopefully there will be a, a little inspiration desire to grow in love to grow up we've been hearing about the fulfilled life we've been hearing about fulfilling our calling what is what, what, what does call mean again committed a L, loving and right. love. But a call for love, right? So <laughs> take notes. No, John, John, get it, get it, get it. Get it. Just do it, do it, do it. <laughs> no, it's backed up by love. Yes, and guarantee. Yes. Love backing up words by love by your actions is a bit like the currency and the gold standard. The currency used to be linked to gold. It was delinked and then you had inflation. So gold standard for the Christian is that sermons like whatever, it's actually doing it. Not being only hearers, but actually saying, I'm going to put a bit of gold into this. Now if I didn't know there was gold in John's life, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have used him for that. Because we can joke, as long as it's you know not the cost of of, of the person. Because you know, um, let's get some gold in this place. What's the vision of a River of Life? That'll be a gold-filled uh, church. Now, with that in mind, and you can't over, the only thing you can't overemphasize. Trevor mentioned last week about the two strands. You know, the vertical. You think of going up to heaven. You think of the commandment, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And, uh, you know, and he that loves me keeps my commandments. So many scriptures, especially in the Gospel of John, actually, about love. 
But I was thinking, I've said this before, forgive me if I have, but if you, if you get a big pole, and you know, you're getting closer to God because you're keeping His commandments and you're reading His word and you're paying your tithes, are you? And you, you, you're going to church and you're doing all the things and, you, you know, as the pole gets bigger, as you get up, there's more possibility when the winds come that the pole can sway some people have said you know and great is the crash many mighty men of God have fallen and we know so you must pray for the man of God some say people put people on pedestals and shoot them down no we're not after performance we're not after after show but and that's why also before you criticize someone who's in the limelight Make sure you, you, you could walk in his shoes or her shoes beforehand. Better, better, better not to say anything than criticize, you know. Because we usually get it wrong anyway. But anyway, imagine that you, you, you know, you're building up. Well, you can sway. And if you've got no balance, you can come down. That speaks to me of a, of a head knowledge of God. That speaks to me of a knowledge which isn't, isn't uh, any good in the hospital, the prison, or the cemetery. Or even in the local church, and the little bits of sorry, you you keep sitting there, so I've got to keep using you. You know, yeah, you know the rubbings of you know together, the friction, etc. So what we need? Do you ever see that film of the man walking across the tightrope? You need something to balance. You need something to balance, and that speaks to me. The horizontal, you have the cross. Trevor mentioned it there too. That's me, the cross. But in the middle of the cross, what you have where the two things intersect, that's when Jesus hung on the cross, that's where his heart was. And I believe balance, good, healthy, Christian balance, is when the vertical. As it gets higher, you need a bigger, you know, whatever they call it, to balance it so you won't fall off. But right in the middle is the heart of the matter. As we heard last week, what matters is your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart when you come in here. Uh, Because as you open your heart, that's when you get hurt. But if you don't open it, love can't go in. And I actually feel supremely, supremely, and I actually said that twice, so it's like, you know, ill-equipped to share on the, on the subject of love. Being brutally honest now, talking about cutting through the crap, cutting through my own crap, uh, is because how many here have felt and have experienced felt the love of God do you want to raise your hands up quickly and I'm not raising my hand up interesting I felt the power of God I've had the baptism of God but something's happened in my life and I want to be honest I've shared this only with a few people I'll be honest there's a barrier I have in my own heart and I remember when it happened 16, 17 something happened and there's a barrier that and at times it's hard look am I of you? where's your love? I pray about the sunshine of God's love coming down on people here but I haven't actually felt that I live with the hope of that breakthrough that will go because I do know in whom I believe right? and I am walking by faith but just to know you who are sitting there saying who's that smart Alec up there telling us all that I'm not so smart but we're here, we are a group of sinners. It's nice to say we're not sinners, we're saints. We're sinners. <laughs> Cut through the crap. We are saved by grace. Yes, we are saints and we're being sanctified. But we, we are who we are. And we do need each other. Right? And if you look in your concordance as I did this morning, and you look under the word love, you know what stands out? There's two books that really stand out with the occurrence of the word love. First one is the Gospel of John, which people say is the deepest of the Gospels, because you know, it portrays Jesus as God, 
the others are saying Jesus to the Jews and Jesus as a man and got John that's why very often people give John to the, to the uh, new convert etc but, and this I didn't read but I've always felt the deepest book in the gospel there's one step deeper than the gospel of John and that is the letter of 1st John and it's interesting it's interesting um, that what, what is 1st John all about? It's not about the vertical, it's about the horizontal. It's about loving each other. And I've always felt that. Because you can read First John and it can say like that. <laughs> love this, love that, love that. Oh yeah, I want some meat, I want the deep things, I want the doctrine. It's to me the deepest. Let's read something out of chapter 4 of the Gospel of First John now. First John. I hope we're getting something out of this I hope we're going in the right direction Lord have mercy on me and on my listeners Amen Alrighty it's, it's, a, it's the biggest occurrence of love in the, and you can see that in your own concordance it stands out chapter 3 talks about it as well but in, especially in chapter 4 and let's just read, you can read the whole of, 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 of the uh, epistle. But let's just for brevity's sake, John, 1 John 4 verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love I stand corrected uh, God is love this is thank you Tony I, I hope you're following my spirit and not my letter <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this is how God showed his love amongst us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins dear friends since God so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God but if we love each other God lives in us and his love is made complete in us we know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit and I talk about the love of God in the feeling, the, the sensation the in love part in my own thing but you know something this is deep and I love this one, I've shared this before because I can do it because I only share it from time to time that's what I was saying earlier on and you forget what I've shared probably anyway but I love, I love, I love I love what Watchman Nee said he said what is the infallible proof that you are a child of God what is the one infallible proof? Because you can tell me, I felt the love of God. No. You know, God is graceful. You, people come to meetings and they go trembling and they go out and you never see them again. Right? What is the one inf What do I mean by infallible? Not a papal decree. I mean that you're not fooling yourself. And you know what Watchman Nee, the great Chinese uh, brother, said? He said, the one infallible proof that you're a Christian, that you really are one who's not seeking just after love and a false image of God, and is going to be surprised on the day of judgment and all that, the one infallible proof is that you love the brethren. I love it. Think about it. It's very simple. Because he didn't say love man. There are atheists that love mankind a hundred times more than we do. There are people out, out there today saving the polar bears. Talk about love. Here we are, we can hardly save ourselves. You know what I mean? They're out there. They've got more love than us in the natural. But it's lo love your brethren. Love the brothers because it means you've been born from above. You're in the family of God. And if you love, and I can actually say, I can put a counteract to my lack of feelings of love, my block, whatever. I love you. I do love. So, <laughs> hallelujah. I passed the watchman knee test. Because do you love? Do you love? Do you look at that man and love him? Do you look at these people who I hardly know? And you feel love. You feel a bond. Because there's something going from deep to deep. And it's witnessing. And you just know, he's my brother. She my sister. A su nombre? 
<laughs> Gloria, you're tired today. No, okay. Yeah. Right? But you know that, that's the you won't fool yourself. And do you love your brother? Do you love your sister? And you, actually, you can even maybe fool yourself on that one by just by just saying it. Let's go a bit deeper. You know, um, God is love is made complete. Where were we? Thirteen. We know that we live in Him and He knows because He has given of, of His Spirit. Thank you. And we have seen and testified that the Father sent His Son to be Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in Him and He in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God. God is love. Whoever, there is it again, sorry Lord. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. Love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence. Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world we are like Him. There is no fear in love. I preached that once in Spain and a girl started to manifest. I didn't say, it wasn't even a meeting like this, I just said, uh, perfect love casts out fear. Uh, actually maybe another part. And she started manifesting, because there was a, like, I believe a demon of fear. Now when we love, when we get agape love, the God love, it's great, there's, there's a blessedness there, because we don't fear. And someone said, if you fear God, you lose a fear of man. And fearing God, no? But if we just stay with love, or our idea of love, or we have a false reason for coming here, or we have a false Christ, we'll still be carrying all this baggage around. And what God wants us to do every Sunday by Sunday, little by little, is to cast off the old and take on the new. Not in one sermon, but every week. And to do it little by little, but to do it, to be progressing, to be growing up into the head. I'm meant to be becoming more Christ-like, as we've heard. And to be Christ-like is to love. To love. Do you love? Do you love God? Yeah. Do you love your neighbor? And you know something? We'll leave that there. You can read the rest there. What I'd like just to emphasize we, we, in, the, in the text, Jesus said, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, or the other way around, and thy neighbor as thyself. We can often think of God and the neighbor. What about yourself? Think about that. And I've seen, interestingly, my experience as a Christian, the sheep, very often we think of pride and we think of people, you know, going for domination and control and, and, and being bad and Hitlerite, etc., etc. But when I look at the sheep, uh, anyone hear me? Any sheep out there? Okay. <laughs> Any goats? It, you know, a sheep actually don't have usually the problem, usually as a profile of you know, being inflated, being puffed up, the sheep, it's often the other way round. It's often inferiority, low self-esteem, etc, etc, and we need to be built up. Very often, it's a, it's a thing about, we say from the front, you know, like, this is nothing, or people want to get the pulpit or whatever. I've seen actually, there's actually a lack of desire in many churches of people wanting to get the pulpit. That's, in one sense, healthy, and you go, no, sit down, <laughs> or whatever, or the pastor does, you know. But, we need to love ourselves and to love ourselves we need to forgive ourselves and I love that definition of a friend a friend is someone who judges you from your last good act think about it you see you can go back to the past well I know that you did and, uh, but you do that to yourself and you're going you know, you know. but the last good, so the last good act you know what as a Christian the last time you repented have you repented lately? Have you just said sorry to God? Then forgive yourself, dust yourself down, and start all over again. No, not start all over again in the bad one. Start off, start off in the good way. <laughs> Amen. So let's forgive ourselves this morning. Really? You might say, what? Yeah, forgive yourself for blowing it. Forgive yourself for not being the Christian that you might feel you ought to be. Or that even you might have heard from here. You know, in the past, if not from this particular pulpit, just, 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 just forgive yourself. Just say, 
Do you don't imagine looking in the mirror? What did you say when you looked in the mirror? When you go home, yeah, go home and say, I'll forgive you, John. Wow. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> do, it, do it as an exercise, you know. Forgive yourself. And, okay. Okay. You don't have to be mad to love, but it helps. You know, I, was, I got this written down. And now I'm getting a bit lost here. We're coming to the end. Um, let's have a project, right? Let's have, a, uh, you know, let's not be just hearers, but doers. We w- remember us. You see, if you seek after God, you will find love. You will find love. And when you find love... God love, I believe then you will, be, you will, you will find fulfillment and as a mere passing byproduct, you'll find what the world calls happiness. Because you'll be in balance. You'll be leaving a balanced life. You have a balanced diet. You're seeking God. You're praying. You're communing with God. You're reading His Word. You're having fellowship. And then you're also having friendship, fellowship with the body in the local church, which is the will of God. And you know what? You'll say, well, I don't really mind. Sometimes when people ask me for a, do you want tea or coffee? And I, I'm trying to be truthful and I say, I don't mind. And I, but I mean it. When they get annoyed, they go, no, no, what do you want, tea or coffee? Just tell me. I don't mind. <laughs> so you, you want to say, I don't mind. Surprise me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> Paul talked about, Paul got to the place. He didn't mind, you know, if he was rich or poor. And he says in another place, contentment uh, with godliness is great gain. And I do believe in the prosperity, I believe in the prosperity doctrine, John's going to kill me now. I believe in the true prosperity doctrine, which you hear here, the abundant life, true riches, not the riches that, which will stop you going through the, the eye of a camel, you know, or getting into the kingdom of God, but wealth, true wealth, right, the eye of a camel. <laughs> I, someone's away. I just said that to test you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gloria, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. No, just to test them. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wealth, the abundant life. You, you know, you have, you keep your possessions with an open hand, but you really do, you know, and because you trust. He that put it in can take it out. And if it's taken out, can put it back. And you don't. But this talks to me about stress, tension. I heard the story of a man once when my pastor went, my first pastor went to preach the gospel on his deathbed. And he, he was on his deathbed, literally. And he said, Do you have, let's say, the equivalent of 10 euros? And he, said, he gave him 10 euros. Anyone? That's my God. Wow, it's chilling, isn't it? And then he died. When well, probably didn't die just then, maybe a day later or something. I don't, don't know the whole. But he went, "That's my God." So, what is your God this morning? And even, even well, here's the point: cutting through the crap, getting to the heart of it, getting to the heart of it. Let's pursue God. You know, as the, as the heart pants after the, after the brooks of water. Let's, when we come here, let's ask God to go deeper every day to the true God. So we don't fall into idolatry, even into evangelical idolatry. I have sensed that sometimes people even make an idol of the word. They almost worship the word. And I even had the one of my dearest brother, uh, it was an inspiration for me, I was, he, he, I was working in Granada as a missionary with him and he said, oh you know, he loved the word so much he talked about reading the Bible in heaven. And I thought, hang on, <laughs> hang on Brian, I don't think, you know, I don't see myself reading the Bible in heaven, you know, you know. <laughs> 
Come on, Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, no, my word. <laughs> anyway, I don't see it myself. Now, it is an eternal word. It is eternal. But I see, you know, but let's get things in the right place. Let's seek after God Himself. Let's learn from the Beatles. I actually knew, I went to Liverpool University and I knew people who knew the Beatles. And they told me stories which sometimes I think of Paul McCartney. And I look at him and say, I know something about you before you became famous. Yeah, because the guy told me who knew them. And uh, the day of judgment. Let's go with fear and trembling towards that day of judgment. And don't let anyone here be ashamed on that day. Amen. Amen? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's say all we need is God. Now, we're going to celebrate Holy Communion this morning. Oh yeah, Trevor. All right. Oh, alright. Now, oh, no. John, could you just pop down the shop and get a loaf of bread? Time for Holy Communion. Now, slight, slight, slight um, technical <laughs> problem here. Okay, you know I'm setting you off. You know. I know you. Yeah. Okay, there's no bread. There's no, there's no fishes. There's no wine. Right? What he, Jesus said to his disciples when they were hungry, the crowd, he said, you feed them. Right? So you're going to provide the bread and the wine today in this Holy Communion. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can we stand up for a second? And I want you all to, I want you to look at your right hand. Actually, I like this one because I used to have a thing for many years. It's interesting, couldn't through lives. I used to have a holy fear of visualization because a man who was older than me uh, years ago said, "Visualize new, new age, new age." Who well, don't visualize anything? And then, then I came up with a phrase, and I liked it. I said, "Visualization isn't wrong as long as you don't leave God out of the picture." That was good. I made that up anyway. But and then I, I heard lately from a guy in Galway went and he said, "Visualize." They stole it from us. Think about it. So not everything you read at New Age, whatever. Anyway, look at your right hand. And you go and, and repeat the word bread. I hope no one comes in now. Right. Quickly, all start praying in tongues. You prophesy. We might as well go for the whole lot. Get the chandeliers out, Tony. <laughs> now, all right. Now look at the left hand and go wine. Now I didn't say wine. I said <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, not wine. Wine. So what do we have? Bread and wine. Now the little exercise. If the bread and wine that we have on. Holy Communion days is symbolic of the body and blood of Jesus. We're taking it a step further. This is not doctrine. This is not, don't worry. This is only for today. Please don't quote. You know what they do in River of Life? I tell you. I tell you. <laughs> I tell you. Look, I can tell you. It's recorded. He said, "It's your hands." No. Take, take your right hand and extend it like that, and in this form. Now move your, the body and go to somebody and put your right hand over that person's shoulder and go, I love you. <laughs> right? That's bread for that person. Say something. No, seriously. Say something, if you can, why you appreciate that person. Doesn't matter. It can be the smallest. It can be. Frank, I, love, I really appreciate you. I really, I, do, you just, I don't hardly know you. <laughs> Tell them, if you don't know them, just say, I want to know you. Say, I want to get to know you more. Thank you. I appreciate you, and I would love to get to know you. Great to hear what happened last week. Carmel. I love you Carmel and I appreciate you. Now, that's enough of that. Look at your left hand. Right. And go and share the cup with somebody. This time, if you don't know, doesn't matter. Say by faith. 
something into that person's life. Because you, you know, Agnes was just saying to me this morning about, wouldn't it be great to have a meeting where we just sit down and hear each other's story? And, you, and we, we can maybe do that. I don't mean the testimony. I mean just where they came from, the, the neighborhood, what problems they had at school, when their parents died. Anyway. Left hands, the, the wine. Go and share the wine, brother. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. Thanks for all your encouragement. You know, just what you were sharing there in relation, the love you demonstrated to me down through the wow. years was absolutely tremendous. I'm here today as a result of it, John. I have a job as a result of it because of that love you showed me. And Amen. it's only just begun. Amen. Brother. <laughs> wine and bread. <laughs> Jovenis, go for it. Uh, go for it. Go for the big one. Go for God's will in your life. I'm with you. All right. Some of that. Oh, my glasses. Love you. Now. While we're on the subject of what you heard when you were a young Christian, I love a story I read once. Sit down, please. There was, a, there was this guy. There was this guy who was absolute pain in the... Yes. And... I didn't say... And... Uh, it was, at the Christian school... Um, forget the actual deal, it's a true story and they said to the, we have a project we're all going to love Georgie and so everyone directed their love towards Georgie and they blasted him with love and it completely changed his life and I would just encourage us individually now even today maybe have a love project a love that, see here's the thing what we did this morning, by the way, sorry, is not meant to give you spiritual brownies. That was actually, that was easy. That was part of coming to the gym and learning what to do outside. It's only symbolic. Yeah, but just in case anyone thinks, brother, I put my arm over you. Guess who I put my arm over this morning, you know? God must really be proud of me, you know? Me, I shared my wine with you. Brother, I just, I just think you're such a... No, just... Right. Let's get on to the, the nub of the gospel. What is it? Love your enemies. Because you see, there are people who have died for their friends. There are people in history who have died for causes. Who have died for countries but find me someone maybe they might exist I don't know but I don't know of any other example than Jesus Christ who didn't just die for his friends he died for his enemies and he says he died for us while we were still in our sins so I would say meet meet you know when you're getting close when you feel love not just for that's great to feel love for, that means you're in you're in the body as I said watch many infallible truth infallible proof but growth is when you start going from here and you start reacting differently at work when you get bullied even when you don't feel fairly treated because then you start to trust the unseen God like Moses God showed his you know uh, his plans he said he, he he maintained himself by seeing the invisible are you seeing the, the just shall live by faith we've heard but when you see it then you get a supply which is not of this world and the world can't take it away so growth growth in grace growth in love is something like this. Sit back and enjoy. It was in a church in Munich that I saw him. A balding, heavy-set man in a grey overcoat, a, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. 
People were filing out of the basement room where I had just spoken, moving along the rows of wooden chairs to the door at the rear. It was 1947 and I had come from Holland to defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. It was the truth that they needed most to hear in that bitter, bombed out land. And I gave them my favourite mental picture, which I tried to give you this morning. Maybe because the sea is never far from a Hollander's, a Dutchman's mind, I like to think that that's where forgiven sins were thrown. When we confess our sins, I said, God casts them into the deepest ocean, gone forever. And even though I cannot find a scripture for it, I believe God then placed a sign out there that says, no fishing allowed. Great, God takes it if you give it to him and he forgets. Or as I, I say to the God pretends. You know something? God's a good pretender. He pretends you never sin. You did sin. But he, he has chosen to pretend. It's not that you didn't. You did. You're guilty. That's why he or she is forgiven much, loves much. And that's what it's all about, redemption, forgiveness. And that's the great thing, as far as East is from the West, he's thrown them. And that's why you can forgive yourself. That's why you can live with yourself when you know you've been forgiven. The solemn faces stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. There were never questions after a talk in Germany in 1947. People stood up in silence. It must have been a sad, horrible place after the war. People stood up in silence, in silence, collected their wraps, in silence, left the room. And that's when I saw him. Working his way forward against the others, one moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat. The next, a blue uniform and a visored cap with his skull and crossbones. He came back with a rush. The huge room with his harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the centre of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. Wow. It's a woman speaking. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me. Ribs were sharp beneath the parchment skin. Betsy, how thin you were. The place was Ravensbrook and the man who was making his way forward had been a guard, one of the most cruel guards in a German concentration camp. You the picture? This is a woman ministering the gospel and who should come up but one of the guards from thing. Now he was in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message, Fraulein. How good it is to know that as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. Who said that? <laughs> Even his own. And I, who have spoken, this is so glibly, and we have that so glibly, so easily, of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take his hand. Or take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him and the leather crop swinging from his belt. I was face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard there. No, he did not remember me. But since that time, he went on, I have become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there. But I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Fraulein. Again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And I stood there, I whose sins had again and again needed to be forgiven and could not forgive. Betsy, that was her sister, died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death 
simply for the asking it could not have been many seconds that he stood there hand held out but to me it seemed like hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I ever had to do for I had to do it I knew that the message that God forgives has a prior condition that we forgive those who have injured us if you do not forgive men their trespasses Jesus says neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses I knew it not only as a commandment of God but as a daily experience since the end of the war I had had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality those who were able to forgive their former enemies were able also to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives no matter what the physical scars those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids it was as simple and horrible as that and still I, so she, so she knew the truth but now the truth came to her and still I stood there with a the coldness clutching my heart it must have been terrible in other words this woman was face to face with the man who would killed her sister and had made her suffer and had to walk naked past him a deep 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 hurt probably deeper, deeper than anything I've experienced and hopefully ever will and still I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart but forgiveness is not an emotion I knew that too forgiveness is an act of the will and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart that's lovely forgiveness right, is an act of the will and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart don't wait for the feelings to come love today uh, Jesus help me I prayed silently I can lift my hand I can do that much you supply the feeling that's faith forgiving by faith not by feeling huh? and so woodenly mechanically I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me and as I did an incredible thing took place wow the current started in my shoulder raced down my arm and sprang into our joined hands and then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being bringing tears to my eyes I forgive you brother I cried with all my heart for a long moment we grasped each other's hands the former guard and the former prisoner I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then but even so I realized it was not my love I had tried and did not have the power it was the power of the Holy Spirit as recorded in Romans 5 5 because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us Corrie Ten Boom is the woman who wrote that she went on to have a, a worldwide famous mystery uh, ministry Amen I'm going to ask Sean to come now as we finish and as I said my desire was to continue and underline last week's or the last few weeks they've all been connected um, sermons and one thing that that touched me last week was when Trevor mentioned uh, you know the Beatles okay, who does like the Beatles all you need is love and um, so he said they got the, the sentiment was right but the source was wrong and during the week I, it just came to me all you need is God God is all you need you need God to forgive but if you don't you'll be a prisoner you can come here you can come here for years and you're still a prisoner you, not by a Nazi guard but by someone who did something and it may have happened here it may very often it's the authority figures and you 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 link them with another authority figure so when you come to the pastor or, 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 or whoever or anyone you go oh 
He didn't say hello to me this morning. He didn't visit me. He didn't do this. Because you're linking things up. Well, you've got to cut. And today would be a good day to cut. Because you know something? If you remain a prisoner, even of things like depression, you have a part in it. If the, entry, if the exit is there, and someone says, go out, and you say, no, I'll stay here. Years ago, one of my first time uh, a drug addict in Spain, I went to meet him especially, and I said, Paco, do you want to be healed? And it was from the Bible. And you know something? I don't... Of course he did. Of course he wanted to be healed. Because didn't he come all the way from the other side of Spain to, my, to our center? No, not necessarily. You can move geographically, but you're not moving in your heart. So let's, today, let's move in our heart. Let's grow in love. If there's someone you need to forgive, maybe it's even yourself. Let yourself go. Walk out that door of free man in your heart. Because, as the song says, All you need is God. with God to grow in God why don't we just come forward not just anyone who wants that baptism in the love of God and let's see, see what God will do maybe he'll bless me come forward now and let's pray for one another get your bread and get your wine out and pray that God would baptize me if you don't want it pray for me in the sunshine of his love today because it's when the love flows in and flows through that's when our flow will be changed amen just go hallelujah lord